0: Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, historical events, young main characters with post-traumatic stress disorders, literal meeting of headhunters, body doubles, Odu Nobunaga, and succession issues. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 324, Winners Write History and Leave Out the Truth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. This is your Jose and saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope you guys are doing well. Things have been pretty good on my end. I've been getting busy working out a little bit from last week's manga. I've been kind of working out, working hard, starting to kind of work on my figure so I can look good for. Some of the future cosplays I want to wear at different cons. Like I want to make Lupin look a lot better and a couple of the new characters that are in some of the new seasons of anime, I definitely want to cosplay it. Who I'm talking about, I'm not going to say yet, but I digress. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectically enhanced narratives, meaning that every episode we talk about whatever the topic of the podcast is. This is the manga review, so obviously we talk about mangas. We discuss the pros and cons of each title. We tell you what the best plot elements are, the worst plot elements, the characters, the design work, the overarching story arcs, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You have to agree with anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spiraken.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and other social media sites. Just type in Spiraken, I guarantee you'll find us. You can also email me personally at zan. that's X-A-N, at sparkin.com or just direct message me on instagram or twitter i'm always down with hearing what you guys think and checking out what you think of the random question of the day because we have some really cool ones and some very fun ones but i think uh, that's all the housekeeping we really need right now oh well one other thing is that in about two weeks Oticon 2019 is happening, and I should be there. I have two panels that are going on. Depending on some circumstances, I may have to bow out. It's kind of some personal stuff that I can't talk on the podcast, but hopefully I'm there. Cross your fingers. And If I'm not, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be posting the panels themselves on a YouTube video. Yes, I'm going to be doing YouTube videos for two of my panels that I'm talking about, but let's hope we don't have to do that. We'll get to that when we get to that. Now, If you notice, I'm being a little bit more lighthearted now. The reason why is that the manga that we review in this episode is a little tough. It's kind of dark and tragic and depressing. So I'm trying to keep things lighthearted and fun before we get to that part, which is a bit of a downer. So let's actually get to something which is a little more fun. And that is the manga releases for this week. And as usual, since we release on Wednesday, this is the stuff from yesterday, which is Tuesday the 9th. And we've got some... Pretty unique titles this week. Uh, the big one is Aforetta from Commonplace to World Strongest, the light novel, Volume 6, comes out this week, or it came out. Case Closed, Volume 71. Hiromoto Umaru chan, Volume 6. Hitorojumi My Hero, Volume 4. Knights of Sidonia, Master Edition, Volume 2. Megas of the Library, Volume 1. Mystical Beast Investigator, Volume 1, Radiant, Volume 6, Renee Volume 30, Skeleton Knight in Another World, Volume 1, The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, Volume 5. Volume 5? I thought that that series was way past that. It's been three years. Anyway, doesn't matter. And lastly, Tomo-chan is a girl, Volume 4. From this list, the ones that I am looking forward to is more uh, Umaru-chan, definitely. Megas of the Library seems intriguing, and as I said, I want to check out Arafureta, I haven't really looked at it yet. Uh, I saw the first episode online, and it actually made me intrigued because it does something very different with guys So I have to definitely read this manga and read the light novel. And have it added to my collection of light novels. Because light novels have been a little bit more fun for me as of late. But that doesn't mean I won't keep buying mangas, as you can ask Greta or you can look on our actual YouTube pages when you see the actual videos and my background, which is all the mangas I have. I like collecting mangas. I'm one of those people who's crazy and wants the actual book pulp. But that's just me. So, now that that shameless plugging of talking about various mangas are out of the way, let's get to the review, shall we? Because if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only The Wheel of Manga... And I dictated on to you that reviewing a manga that was written by Hitoshi Iwaki and illustrated by Daisuke Moro. It's published by Akita Shoten all the way back in 2015, still coming out. There are six volumes. It is a tragic, mature martial arts historical drama. And the title is called Reiri. Now, this is a manga which takes place in 1579, and if you read the description online, it says it's during the Sengoku period, but in actuality from my research when I did the samurai era recommendations for grown-ups, Sengoku period was from 1467 through 1568, so this is right afterwards. This is in the Azocho Moyoyama period, so this is right around the time that Nobunaga was and Tokugawa are taking over and they're winning the war And that's kind of a big point in this manga because it actually talks about that and it emphasizes the fact that the winners of wars write the story because this focuses on Tokugawa and Nobunaga not as good people, like very bad people. And it goes in a way which is a little dark, but we're going to get to that. So, like we said, the manga takes place in 1579 or Tesho 7, year 7. And... It's about Rere, or Reri. She is a young girl who is living in Koyama Castle with the garrison. She's been training with them for over four years, and she is their best fighter. Like The garrison soldiers work, they fight, they have tournaments, they drink, and then they make bets all their money down fight each other fight each other fight each other then the winner fights Rayri, and reiri proceeds to beat the hell out of them and then she takes the money takes a small cut gives the rest to them and they share it and that's how tradition has begun and the garrison all of them work for okabe tandanokami or tanbe sama and he is the vassal of takeda kotsuya and, like I said, he is in charge of Koyami Castle. And his thing is that he has been raising Rairi for years. And Rairi wants to go with him whenever there's a battle. She actually wants to join him on the battlefield. She wants to be his shield. She wants to serve him, kill lots of people for him, kill people in his name, and then hopefully die for him. Now, on the one hand, you could think, okay, this girl's a little bloodthirsty. What the fuck's going on? Well, Four years ago, when she was adopted by this guy in Tencho III, 1575. I know, technically four years, but... During the Battle of Nagashika, which was a battle between Takeda Katsuyori, who had an army of 15,000 people, and Odu Nobunaga and Tokugawa with their unified forces of 3,500 people, there was a huge battle that happened. And pretty much Tokugawa won. And we learned something in this, that after a battle is over, the victors during this time, what they would do is they would show how awesome they are. And how would you show how awesome they are? You know, you think, oh, maybe they write notches of how many people they killed, like in Lord of the Rings, like, uh, that only counts as one. You know, they're counting the people they killed, which would make sense. However, that's not the case for the Oda Tokugawa group. What they would do is they would go to the losing side, and even the ones who weren't moving, they would go and headhunt. What it means they would take the heads of a bunch of people they killed, and the person who had the most heads won all the glory. But it got to the point that they would be killing invalids, they'd be killing random peasants, in order to get their head count up. And as this is going on, Unfortunately, like I said, the Takeda group loses. So, tanbei sama and his vassal end up running off. They're, they've lost. They're going to take their losses and go. And they're trying to get away from the battle. They end up stumbling upon a family. Get some water. The family gives them food. And the man uh, thanks them. He knows who tanbei sama is. And he's like, This is a great man. He was a great general. And this family of a father, mother, daughter, and son, they kind of give them food and then they leave. But before Tambe-sama leaves, he says, listen, some of the members of the Oda Gao forces are coming this way. I would recommend hiding, and because you have children, go hide until they leave. And as they're talking and vamping up, they think, oh, this is nothing to worry about. Everything we find, We're far enough from the road. It'll all be good. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Four members of the army show up. And they count the people and say, one, two, three, four. Four heads will be enough. And you know what? We'll just rough them up enough so that they won't be able to tell if they're not people. And the father defends his family. He first tries to say, please don't. I have children. Leave me alone. They don't care. They're stuck on bloodlust. Then killing the father, the mother sacrifices herself to let Rayri and her brother escape. And Rayri's little brother wanted to be a samurai. He grabbed the family sword as they're running off. And to save his sister, he tells her to run, pulls out his sword because he's the boy. And he says, I'm a samurai. I'll protect you. And the next thing is as Rayri's running through the woods, she runs into the soldiers and they're carrying the three heads of her family and she is shocked and horrified by this she doesn't know what to do and they're going to kill her they're going to like it's good that kids can't run fast we can catch them really easily but you know what she's a girl we'll have some fun first so as they attempt to have their way with rayri suddenly tanbe sama shows up and he saves her He kills the three guys and rescues Reiri. And as Reiri is sitting there, he's like, Are you okay, girl? Are you okay? She's looking at the heads of her family and saying, Mother, father, brother, mother, father, brother. And then she gets a smile on her face. And as she is raised by Tanbe-sama, she ends up excelling at martial arts. She works to have, be amazing in swordsmanship. She works till her hands are bleeding and strong and hard. The reason why is that she wants to die in battle, and be reunited with her family. But she's going to do this by being the shield to protect Tanbe-sama. That's what she wants to do. From here, a stranger shows up to Koyama Castle to deliver a message to Tanbe-san. What is the message? The message is that he is—he and his garrison are being sent to Tan Kanjun Castle on order by uh, Katsuyori Takeda. And this is kind of important because they're going to lose this castle. This is one of their major points. This is if they lose this castle, everything's going to hell. This is on the front lines. So this is a death trap. Whoever goes there, they're probably not coming back. And when Tanbe-sama tells his troops, Reiri gets a big smile on her face she can die in battle and she begs she begs her master to let her go and he says no that's not happening that is not going on you're not going to be joining us instead you're going with this one the messenger who showed up and something i forgot to mention is that beforehand the messenger saw they were having a tournament and kind of opened his eyes when he saw Rayri, like confused And he ended up challenging Reiwi to a battle, to a a match with Bokken. And he ends up decimating her, beating the hell out of her. And he takes the money, and he's kind of a jerk. And it turns out that he's actually a very important person. He is Tsuchuya Sozu, the best fighter for the Takeda Army. He's someone who's working with the family. He's kind of like their bodyguard almost, and he has a message and he's been training him. And he is going to be taking over Rayree's training. Well, he's going to take her away. Rayree's d- devastated by this. She begs her master to, to take her with him. But he yells at her. He says, you know what? You're going to disgrace the battlefield by being a woman. Women can't fight. And he's very cruel to her to push her away. And as he's walking away, not even looking at her like, you leave me alone. She bows and thanks him, saying, thank you for everything you've done for me. I appreciate what, all that you've done. No one has ever treated me as kindly as you have. And as she's walking away, she's crying. And I think that Tanbei sama feels this is the best option for her at this point. So she ends up going with Tsuchiya-dono to wherever they're going. They're going to actually the big castle. They're going to Kofu, the capital of the Takeda clan. For certain reasons. And as she's going. She's having dreams of her family. We're saying. You're not joining us yet? And she's like. No. Soon. I'm not joining the battle. But maybe I'll die in another way. It's like. But we saved your life to live. So you can live a little longer. We can wait for you. Don't worry about that. But when I see you out. It'll be all good. We'll be together again. And happy. So. Riri has a major death wish. A total death wish. Like she's ready to die. And. And as she's going on along with this, we find out what the real premise of this manga is. Because the first part was just setting up the origin of Reiri. The first volume is just setting up the of Reiri. Second volume explains what it is. Because she's been chosen for a specific reason. And Sozo Dono takes her to meet the great Takeda. And she's freaking out because she's going to she's gonna spit on this guy. Because this is the guy that caused the loss in the war. The person who caused her family to die. So she's angry and pissed off. But she's going to be nice at first. So she bows her head. And she hears a young voice talking. Because he addresses a young voice. Well, Master, I think this is perfect for it. And she looks up. This is the son of Kasuya Takeda. Nobukatsu. And Nobukatsu looks exactly like Reiri. Reiri is to be the body double for Nobukatsu. She wants to die. They've given her a reason to live. She will be the shield for Nobukatsu. She's going to learn how to walk like him, talk like him, and be like him. And she's not the only double. There's two other doubles. Wazuki and Magoji. And... You could tell, like, Magoji doesn't look anything like Nobukatsu, but Wasuki does. However, Wasuki is timid. Like, he can do the walk, he can speak like him when he's being, but he's not passionate. He gets scared easily, and he's not the loud blowhard that he is. However, when Nobukatsu's voice drops, then sugi's going to be the main guy. But right now, the person who can emulate him, talk like him, and has passion like him, is Reri. So Reri is going to be his body double. And that's what the is about, is she is learning about him and about everything going on. It gets even more convoluted because of the fact that Nobukatsu is actually the legitimate heir to the Takeda family because his grandfather, the original ruler of the Takeda family in Genki 4, 1750, 17- or 1573, died. And he left. So it was uh, Shinote Takeda dies. And he leaves the control of the family to Nobukatsu, because Nobukatsu is a genius. He's a prodigy. He's someone who's tactically genius. He's intelligent. He's smart. And this is him at four years old. Now he has super overblown, like, I'm a genius. I'm super smart. And that's what his big thing is. That's what he keeps saying. He calls himself a genius all the time. And... The sad thing about this is that his father usurped him. Said, no, my father was crazy. I'm taking over. We're not going to listen to my father's dying wishes. I'm in charge now. And because he was in charge and he's a tactical idiot. They're losing against Nobunaga. So this manga is full of political intrigue. It's full of action, violence, and has a character... Who you sympathize with, but you're also horrified by. Because you want to take Ri and figure out some way to protect her or get her mind out of the gutter, but there's no way to. She is where she is because of all the things that happened to her. And that's what inspired her to be where she is and what she is. It's really hard to describe my feelings about Like how I want to protect her and all that. And how you feel about it. But also you see her starting to develop feelings as she is training with Nobukatsu. Her feelings for him. Just not romantic but more like friendship. And then at one point she wonders, am I supposed to be his bride when his voice drops? What's that about? And she will protect him. She does care about him enough where she will protect him. She will die for him. Yes, she wants to die but she will not just be like I'm gonna die and give up. no, she will go down swinging. She is gonna be the shield that will kill everyone around her um, where the series stops, there is a assault on the family and actually uh, Wasuki finally because Nobukatsu says, oh, you gotta be more boisterous more loud, shout it out and gets him like shouting that he is the best that he is Nobukatsu's Takeda. He finally gets, like, he's got it right. He's inspired. He's great. And then he gets killed. And that's his job. His job is to be a body double and die. And he dies right in front of Nobukatsu. And this ends up them them leading towards a trap. They're going to do a trap and catch people. But we're hoping that Rei-Rei will be able to defend her master because she's a bodyguard. She's not just a body double. She's a bodyguard as well. The art style is for the time, it does have a very unique style to it, which is very hand drawn, which I like. As you always know, yes, the CG, you can tell what it's CG drawn, when it's drawn with a computer, but there are some little nuances in the character design around the faces and the structures that look authentic, that look hand drawn, that give it a very distinct style, and I love that. One of my favorite scenes is when Ray's dreaming and talking to her family all of them all their heads are floating above their body except Ray, because all of them were decapitated and it's kind of this really surreal moment and i've got to say it was unique to see that and something i've never seen before and i gotta say i really enjoyed it that's the positive for this series the negative is this is very depressing it's not going to get better. I mean, from history, we know that the Takeda clan loses. So this is, it's a question of when is she going to die at this point? It's not, it's a when is she going to lose? How is she going to die? Is she, or will she survive? What's going to happen? It's just a series which you want to be positive and it's just going to be very negative. If you're history buff, you will love this. If you're someone who wants something a little more positive, I don't think you'll find it here. But I think this is worth checking out just for historical purposes and if you like samurai stories. Because it is a very samurai story of someone who's willing to die for their master. So for that reason and that reason alone, I've got to give this a, again, a bar from a friend that the Returnalist offered Pocky. It's really good. It just, the depression, the depressing part lowers it dramatically. And it's better than a lot of other samurai manga. That's why it gets a little bit higher. It's not a gift from your crazy mirror because you remember this story, even though it's kind of seared in your head. It's like kind of burned in there. But anyway, if you've read this or checked it out, let us know what you think at uh, sparkin.gmail.com or zansparkin.com. The random question for the day is going to be, did you know that this is what Headhunters did? Let us know. Put it in the comments below and let us, or email us if you have any other reasons why you knew about this headhunter situation in Japan. It's kind of intriguing and disturbing and also makes you wonder how more fucked up is Nobunaga and Tokugawa than what we know. I'm intrigued. Let us know. So, remember, you can check out any of our other episodes, and zannspyrocon.com. We're going to be releasing our Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler review soon. I can't wait to do that. We're going to be releasing our Anime Corner episode where we're talking about Summer Anime 2019. We've got some great re- reviews to talk about. We also recorded a review for Seven Seeds the Anime. And you know I've been waiting for this series since episode 40 so since 2009 I've been waiting to talk about this as an anime and I'm excited for you guys to hear my thoughts about what they did right and what they did wrong with the anime adaptation of this great series we actually watched it Greta and I watched it on dub I should have watched on sub but the dub was pretty on point I have to admit that it wasn't jarring it wasn't crazy and I really did like it I actually ended up following all the voice actors for the series that's one thing i'll say the voice acting was on point but uh this isn't that this is not the anime corner that's going to be coming out soon uh we have a couple other movie reviews coming out and well i think that's it right yes it is so let's get to the part you've all been waiting for and what am i talking about i'm talking about that one that only Wee! Yes, friends the wheel of manga except no substitute now what is the wheel of manga the wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with 10 slots on it. what i've done is i i assigned a manga title to each of the numbers and i'm going to spin this wheel this roulette wheel and whatever number it lands on that's the manga i'm going to review in the next episode and we've got some great titles on here we've got some very unique ones and some crazy ones i think the most crazy one that we have on the list is going to be uh Orange? No, it's not. It's To the Abandoned Sacred Beasts, a series which Vertical released and is completely crazy and batshit nuts. I put on last week, but I want to put on this week. I also have a couple sports mangas on here, including Welcome to the Ballroom, and I was debating about putting Yuri on Ice on here, but I'm not. But let's see what we're going to review, because I've also got some other stuff as well. So let's see. (laughs) Number one. So, in the next episode of the Spock and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing a manga which I talked about earlier because the six volumes coming out yesterday. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Umaru chan. Yes, we're going to be talking about the hamster clad psychopathic little sister who's obsessed with games and is also known as UMR. I'm kind of excited for that because it's something a little more positive and crazy than this episode. So, I guess that's it. Um, thank you guys for listening as usual. Have any comments or concerns, email me, and this is your host, I'm Gonsville. Keep reading manga, and have a great day.